0: Good to have Emerson William here. Yeah. Would you like to introduce your fiance? Would you like to introduce your fiance? I would love to. <laughs> this is my fiance, Abby Nasi. Right. And, and Evan are here too. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention all the rest of the faithful saints. All right. Um, Brother Richard read to us this morning out of T. Austin Sparks and talking about shaking, and I had read it myself before I got here this morning and was very much blessed by it. I just want to read this one verse out of Haggai. For thus says the Lord of hosts, Yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory. And Mr. Sparks' main point today was that the only purpose Christ has is in revealing his church as a steady rock, which will not be moved. So, with that, let us... Come together
1: and worship. Good news shouldn't take very long. <laughs> um, I want to tell you a, a brief little uh, funny story that happened today. Um, my mother had an appointment at the cardiologist today. And uh, it was an appointment for, um, it was actually a photo session <laughs> and, uh, of uh, an ultrasound of her heart. It lasted an hour. And I don't know how many pictures they took, but hundreds and hundreds of pictures. So and there was these two ladies, uh, really nice ladies, uh, young ladies and, well, A lot of people are young now but uh, so they got to this one picture and and the uh, technician said and she kept saying it over and over after she said this I've never seen such a beautiful anterior view of the left ventricle and all this these, these kinds of things They said, I've never seen such a beautiful heart and um, and I said, yeah, it's the nicest one I've seen. And, uh, <laughs> and of course, my mother <laughs> said, well, I've always said that uh, you need to be beautiful on the inside. <laughs> so, what could I say? I had to be quiet, right? <laughs> I had to be quiet about that. I, um, was thinking um, (coughs) recently, uh, I was remembering, uh, you remember the name Archer Torrey, Um, the man that came here from South Korea, and Bill and Buddy, and went out there. And I think, Betty, did you go? You went out there also. And um, but it was probably in the early 80s he came to uh, Bowen's Mill, and he stood up, and he read a verse, and he brought a beautiful message, very timely, and and he just started with this one verse, I'm going to start with it, it's in 2 Corinthians 13. And uh, it's the last verse of the chapter. And he got up and, he, and it was a propitious moment because of what was being discussed. And I don't want to talk about what he talked about that day, but I want to read that the verse. Uh, in verse 14, uh, Paul ends the letter to the Corinthians, the second letter. He says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. And... Um, We've talked a lot about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God. And I was thinking recently that the way the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ really is effectual, uh, really is works, uh, really where we are partakers of that grace, uh, really where the love of God, we are fully um, enveloped and it breaks upon us. And it's not because someone gets up here and says it over and over and over. Uh, it's really uh, though we do that. <laughs> um, it's really, I think, the third part of this verse that makes the first part two parts so effectual. And the third part is the communion of the Holy Ghost. And that's what Archer uh, Torrey spent while talking about it, and he was he was talking about fellowship and communion and all that, and a lot of you perhaps remember that. And I thought of all the significant things that any of us could uh, be aware of um, going forward is that there's a, such an absolute necessity of personal communion with the Holy Ghost. And um, I, I thought about one of the primary... I suppose examples um, that is extremely uh, uh, profound, I think, is the story of Saul of Tarsus before he came, became Paul. And if, we probably don't have to read through the verses, but they're pretty graphic. And he was consenting to the death of Stephen. He was wreaking havoc in the church. He got permission to go to Damascus to haul people out of their houses, you know, and uh, anyone that that followed the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, He was very committed, he was very zealous. And um, he had an encounter on the road to Damascus, and you can read about it, we won't, but it's in Acts, where he was knocked off his horse, so to speak, or donkey, whatever that was, and he was blind for three days. And the Lord spoke to him. He had an encounter. And I thought, <clears throat> of all the people to encounter. And then I, I'm really impressed with the guy that God sent, Ananias. He says, Ananias, I have a man. That, that's my servant. I want you to go see him. He said, I, I've heard about this guy. And because he thought perhaps the Lord Jesus hadn't heard about him. And he needed to... <laughs> communicate with him and fill in the gaps because obviously, you know, and Ananias was particularly special because he went and he took care of Paul and he ministered to him and he laid hands on him and he, he Paul received his sight and, and, and uh, you know, there are other churches that wouldn't receive Paul right off because they've heard about him. They said, he, we don't believe it, you know. Um, but it's very impressive that a man that was on such a course, <clears throat> And I only bring that up, it's such a familiar story to us, but he was on such a course that um, God had that, uh, the power of the Spirit was there to absolutely have him do a 180 and he changed his whole course. Paul wasn't seeking uh, the Lord in the sense of that we consider it. Paul was doing everything he could in his human effort perhaps, to serve God but there's no capacity to serve God out of our humanity there's only capacity to serve God when you and I are moved and encountered by the Spirit and so we see that's such a dramatic picture but what's further dramatic and I I, I think if I if I don't say anything else tonight I think the one thing I want to say is that this communion with the Spirit must be ongoing and the thing with Paul was that he had a dramatic beginning, and there are many people that have dramatic beginnings. But the beauty of Paul's life was that it was a continuation of an encounter and a life with the Spirit. And uh, you know that because you've read his life, and you can read. We could turn over to I think it's the eleventh chapter of Second Corinthians. Perhaps he has the list. Is that First Corinthians or Second? It's Second. And there's a list of things that he's gone through that God took him through. Actually, he says in the beginning, I'm, I'm going to have to show him how many things he must suffer for me. And, and, and Paul came to the place, he says it in 2 Timothy, I know whom I have believed. And um, <clears throat> for all of us here that have had an encounter, a genuine encounter with the Spirit of God, which perhaps most of you in this room have had a genuine encounter with the Spirit of God that... That took you places. That sent you all over creation. That's how we came here, yeah. right. 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 right? And I, people ask, I, how you know? Actually, the lady today I was talking to, how how'd you get up here? God, you know. <laughs> you, say, you say whatever you you know. Well, you know, and, and I've been up here for 35 years, and I and think there was an encounter somewhere along the way, and all of us uh, that brought us not so much to Alaska, but yes, it, it turned out to be Alaska, but brought us to a, a, a another experience of a life that that changed everything, and and. <clears throat> The things that you see with Paul's life, it was a growth and an expansion of a relationship with the Holy Ghost. That wasn't just a testimony that he got up every so many months in church, he raised his hand and he said, well, let me tell you what happened to me on the road to Damascus. He went forward from there. He did rehearse that, but he went forward from there and actually ends up writing 40% of the New Testament. I mean, there was a, was a forwardness of his life in the spirit. And I thought, if there's anything that we need, every day when we wake up is that i need to move forward because of the work of the spirit that the encounter uh must be ongoing Um, and and let me read about a church in revelation because this is what can happen with us revelation chapter two and this is you know uh, what they're writing to the seven churches And and it's written to Ephesians, the church at Ephesus. And I've always considered the church at Ephesus one of the more mature churches. And it says uh, in verse 1 of chapter 2, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he that holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the gold, seven golden candlesticks, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how that thou canst not bear them which are evil and have tried them which say they are apostles and are not, have found them liars and, born and has borne and has patience and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Uh, verse 4, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Uh, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent. It says, lest I take the candlestick, remove that candlestick out of its place. And I thought, that's that's quite a thing for the church at Ephesus. Um, And what I think, he says, you've left your first love. And that word first is really an important word, isn't it? because first there means primary. I think I wrote it maybe. And first, in time, place, order, or importance of all the things that we put our hands to around here. We function, uh, we work, You know, we have businesses, we have meals, pre- meal preparation, we have a school. There's an enormous amount of activity. I loved what Owen said about <coughs> He said, you guys, you guys have such great food, but you eat it so fast. So little time to eat it. I don't know what he has in mind, but he should have been, you know, in the Roman days where they just sat at table. Um, but I think this is a central issue for all of us, that, that this love relationship by the Spirit, the genuine love relationship by the Spirit, in, or, in order for it to grow, must be primary. It must be first in time and place and importance. And, and we put a lot of energy into a lot of things. But this love relationship that was born out of an encounter with the Spirit. And I didn't, you know, I I asked the Lord Jesus into my heart when I was four. And I remember that. But, like, I didn't have this pretty big encounter at that time. And I'm not talking about that, though you can point to it or I can say when, but I do have specific times where I was encountered by the Spirit that actually got my attention to wake up to the idea, if in fact I'm going to have a love relationship with the God of the universe by His Spirit, then it had to be primary Some of you should have said amen about that. It has to be first in time and place and importance. He says, this is the one thing, and he said, you take the candlestick, uh, you know, repent lest I take the candlestick out. And I, what does it mean to take the candlestick out? I don't know, it sounds like this finality. I don't know that that scripture has finality. I think what it means is you can function in tradition, in church, In what we do all the time and there's no light there right there's no fire of spirit burning and 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 we've done that A.W. Tozer says something so he said if the Holy Spirit was he said this a while ago obviously if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today of which we are a part and Ted mentioned that when he opened 95%, 95%, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church back in the you know, uh, first century AD, 95% of what they did would, would stop and everybody would know the difference. And, and that's maybe perhaps overstated but the point is this, that we can go through uh, so many motions. And, and I know we have the setting and we have devotions every morning. And I know we have two services a week and we eat meals together. We break bread and, and all those things that we do. And, and, and we're happy about those. We're happy about what God has provided for us. But if the fire and, and light and energy of the Holy Ghost is not working inside here, if the heart is not beautiful because of the work of the Spirit, we missed the point and um, there's a a great uh, story and you're doing really good because I'm really getting close in John 4 I always like this story it's the story when Jesus meets the woman at the well And this is a story of an encounter. And and let me say this before I go forward. Every encounter doesn't have to be filled with drama. Let me tell you some of the greatest encounters I've had. When I evaluate the frailty of my prayer time or... Uh, I you know I read the Bible or I, I, I wait on the Lord. I ask a question. Let me tell you, one of the most profound encounters is just if the Spirit quickens some little thing to you. Right. The other day I was in a, a dilemma and having trouble. And I was right to have trouble. And um, I said, Lord, I, I, ha- I, need, I really don't know what to think about this, because I, I believe with all my heart that I'm right. <laughs> Such a funny place, isn't it, to be? like you're, I mean, I don't want to be dishonest. I really was believing that I was right. <laughs> And all I, I, I just flipped open the Bible and I read this one little line It said, I will love thee, Lord, you are my strength. And the issue still was my love relationship. I didn't get some audible voice from heaven that said, you are not right. I didn't get any of that. I didn't get some big correction. It just brought me up to what actually needed to be primary and I haven't decided whether well let me just say this I think perhaps I was partially right and partially wrong (laughs) what growth (laughs) but all those issues that you and I struggle with and think about and become can I just say they are below Our first love they're below they're not above they are below uh, first love I just needed that little verse to remind me uh, but there's a great scripture, great passage a story about the woman at the well and he meets the woman at the well and uh, he says to her in verse 7 of oh, John 4 uh, there came a woman of Samaria to draw water Jesus said give me to drink um, and the woman said, "How is it?" Um, the woman of Samaria said, "How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask me drink? Ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans." So I guess my, the takeaway for that is that even if you're a Samaritan. Whatever that might mean. You can have an encounter with the Lord Jesus. It's not based upon um, equipment that you have. It's not based upon uh, that you really are a good choice on God's part. It's not based upon any of those things. It has no natural uh, analysis that fits the bill. <clears throat> he says, uh, If you knew the gift of God, verse 10, and who it is that says to you, Give me to drink, you would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. And the woman said, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Uh, from whence then hast thou that living water? And now are, are you greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof, himself and his children and his cattle and Jesus answered and said unto her whosoever drinks of this water shall thirst again but whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life see this not this this encounter I mean this is a picture of the encounter uh, coming in um, uh, coming into uh, uh, um Uh, an encounter with what is living water. What actually satisfies the thirst of a human soul? What actually does satisfy you come in in an encounter with that? But it's not just an encounter where you get a drink on this particular day for this lady. But there's a description here of what should happen with that relationship. That relationship is supposed to grow to the point where out of you comes forth living water. So that what you dish out... (laughs) To others. Comes out of that fountain of living water. Unto, it says, everlasting life. So it says, um, the woman said, Sir, give me this water that I don't thirst, neither come thither to draw. And then Jesus says, Go call your husband. And come hither. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said, You have well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou hast now hast is not your husband. In that saidest thou truly. And I love this next verse. Uh, She said, verse 19, The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Sometimes you don't know what to say. <laughs> I, but you know, for, not just me, but I think all of us, we don't know what to say and then we proceed to talk. <laughs> Some, I heard somebody in a service the other day, I am speechless. And then he said, Well, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> She says, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain when ye say that Jerusalem is the place where men are to worship. It says, Woman, believe me, the hour comes when ye shall neither worship in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. And that should not be our condition that we don't know what we're worshiping. We should be clear. But the hour comes and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the woman said, I know that Messiah comes, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. He says, I speak unto thee. The one that I'm speaking to you, I'm he. Uh, anyway, she goes on and says, I met a man that told me all the things that ever I did is this not the Christ and I just have to say this is the the meat of this story in my thinking is that there the spirit of God is able to unveil to you what actually is without an ultrasound what's in the heart the holy ghost on any given day and it must be a continual and and it's not even that you're in a setting that's that's so pristine or or, or holy in your mind. Or, but it could be any time during the day. Uh, Lord, are you saying something to me today? Holy Spirit, can you quicken me with what it is that you're after in this? And he brings us into things. Once again, the Baranowski's got a report that they don't have an answer to. And, and, and I don't want to make some big conjectures about it. But I, but I do know this, that God is bringing every single one of us to a place where we don't have any other source. To drink at. <clears throat> and what was so beautiful about this passage is that God was just dealing with this one woman. And the Spirit of the Lord has capacity to deal with all all the individual members wherever you are. Wherever you find yourself. One of my favorite passages is um, it's in Deuteronomy chapter 4. I'll just paraphrase. It says in essence I think it's around verse 29 if you get in trouble and you end up scattered and you're having a lot of problems and There's a couple verses of lists of things that you might do. Worship other gods. Love yourself more than you love God or you love others or all the whatever mess. And 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 your mess is specific. And so is mine. It said, it says the next verse, it says, if from thence. What an important phrase that is. What is thence? Thence is, a, is, a, is a, 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 a word of magnitude that fits everything. Wherever you find yourself, if from thence, if you'll seek me with all your heart, I will be found of you. Brother Bill's been reading that scripture. Is it Psalm is it, 116? Is it Psalm 116 you've been reading? Did you? I love the Lord because you. He's heard my voice. voice. Mm -hmm. Isn't that a beautiful promise? I understand why He's been reading it because, if I find myself from thence, what do I do? Mm -hmm. Say, Lord, here I am again. You know, we make such a mistake. I was talking about this the other day on a Zoom meeting. We make such a mistake. In how we measure ourselves and consequently each other but we measure ourselves and you know this the verse in Micah it says the scant measure which is abominable because really the measurement isn't about our humanity the measurement is about uh, the God of glory that has called us up into a love relationship with him and and what does that look like And we measure ourselves and we'll count ourselves out, but that promise is wherever you find yourself, if in fact, you'll call upon me. If from there, nothing fancy has to happen, if from exactly where you are, Lord, can you help me? I need the encounter afresh, and there should be no because the whole pattern of what Jesus did was that he demonstrated what it was for a man in human form to walk on this earth dependent on God for his life that's what Jesus demonstrated and you can read it very clearly in John 6 he said when he's talking about you must eat my flesh and drink my blood he said As I live by the Father. And so in Ezekiel chapter 43, we won't turn there, but it says there is something that you can measure and you need to measure the pattern because the whole limit of what God is doing, He calls is holy. And that's less to do about behavior. That is more to do about uh, being sanctified, holy, being set apart. And we tried to correct behavior as though we understood holiness. And what it really is, <laughs> is availing ourselves of an encounter every single day with the Spirit of God. That's what holy is. Set apart for this love relationship. And it must be specific. And it goes on and says... She, a man that's told me all about my life and she goes in and she tells others and they say the same thing they say um, uh, and many more believed uh, he came into town many more believed because of his own word and said unto the woman now we believe not because of thy saying for we've heard him ourselves and know that this is is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. I think I'll close there. The, the great necessity for us to go forward is communication, communion with the Holy Ghost on a regular basis to have an encounter. The genuine light of the Spirit working in here. It is specific to every single one of us. It is specific. God help us not to drink in a hundred different places, but to go to that one source. That's the pattern. It's a pattern of de- dependence upon the Holy Spirit every single day. Amen. Okay. Amen. Okay. All right. I guess we'll close. We're usually here for at least an hour. I don't know. Somebody have any announcements? This is making me nervous. Any announcements this evening?
2: I just mentioned this. I um, had a similar thought about uh, what God uses to move us forward. Just in- closing here with when the spirit of god encountered paul um, he said it's hard for you to kick against the prick and god has his means of moving us forward whatever it takes and that really is was a goad and that was what what's used when to move oxen forward and i love god in his faithfulness whatever it takes to move us forward at times he resorts to those means, even if it's a goat. And if you know what an ox goat is, it was a long, slender tube before 4 with a prod on it that was used to get the oxen to move forward. And God, in his faithfulness, had to use that in Paul's application. But I wonder how many times God has to use a goat on us and yet we still don't respond when we're encountered by God. So he asked an an important question. Paul did, "What will you have me to do?" And I think, you know, there's no forward progress. We can we can withdraw. We can pull back in pride when we don't get our way or we don't understand why and what's happening to us when all God's doing is trying to move us forward. And uh, that was the saving grace for Paul. What will you have me to do? that's the humbling approach, so I just I came with that thought and I just I didn't want to not add the confirmation that this is where God's dealing with us so Lord help us. Did we have any other announcements okay all right Lord, we look to you for the remainder of the night lord and what you would have for us we do surround the baronofsky family we ask lord for divine intervention on their behalf lord that you would give a clear direction lord and give a path forward lord a touch for amber and for julian and we thank you for the eads family being with us tonight we ask to give them traveling mercy lord and we Ask, Lord, for your keeping power to to watch over all of us. In Jesus' name, amen.